We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What's up, Roto Grinders? This is the NFL Weekly Preview with the Luch and TJ. What's up, TJ Lasig? How are you on this cold Monday in Pennsylvania? Doing pretty well. It's a little bit of a different Monday for us as we do not yet have DraftKings pricing, and we are just now starting to have some FanDuel scores from yesterday trickle in. So it's a, a little bit less information than, than we're used to working with here, but Happy to be back with you as always and, and talk through a little bit of what we saw last week and then what we think heading into week six here of the 2020 season. Week six already. It's been a roller coaster. We don't always know who's playing from day to day. Still waiting on that Titans-Bills game Tuesday night. I'm holding my breath with that one. We'll, we'll see what happens. A lot of schedule changes, a lot of games being moved. Factor all that in with FanDuel's hiccup with not having live scoring. And like you said, we just got the results in. So I just had like a quick, a quick sweat when I opened the app, right? Just boom, you know? But what was your Sunday like without live scoring? Because mine was brutal. I was like, what, what do I do with myself? Do I bust out the number two pencil in the paper? Like, I don't know. I just felt myself not as engaged with my FanDuel teams. You know, and I had some pretty important contests I wanted to follow. That live scoring, live scoring is life, TJ. Right? Feel me on that one or no? What was your Sunday oh, like? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I'm a I'm a big 
sweat the game, sweat my lineups guy. And it's just, yeah, sure, you know what players you have and, and you know what they're doing, but you don't even know ownership percentages. So it's not even ah, – it just – it wasn't the same. I mean, you can only guess so much. You can probably generally – have a feeling of, okay, things are going well or not going well. But other than that, you're, you're flying blind and it just, it takes a lot of the, the fun out of it there from a FanDuel perspective. So let's, let's hope that they get that figured out because we're going to certainly need some, some live scoring sweats in the future Sundays. And yeah, but Hey, we're going to get our $100 credit. Up to $100. Up, up to $100. <laughs> oh, you which, gotta love it. Man, uh, I, myself and, and some others, I'm sure, are just – that's that's just not, not the best response, I think, from them. Now, what should they have done? I don't really know. But it's it's a tough situation. And uh, FanDuel, I mean, I, I like playing on FanDuel because I've historically had some success there. But, I mean, uh, the product is just – seems like they don't even care. They don't put a ton of effort into it. And it's just tough scene for them right now. I'm glad I don't have to make decisions on their end with things happening. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. I like both sites. I've, I've had success at different parts of my DFS career on both sites too. At one point I played a lot of NBA on FanDuel. There used to be a lot more contests available and I don't know the numbers, but I feel like there's not as many contests that I think like the number available have decreased over the years for whatever reason. So, you know, I play both, but yeah, just not the same for me on Sunday. Last week, you know, our early week podcast, we give you a lot of gut calls and just some numbers and some analysis. And we had a lot, we had some bad, but a lot of good last week. We said, hey, this Carolina game is going to carry some ownership. And Mike Davis was mega chalk, but that was good chalk. Um, I saw your entry. We were both in the luxury box on FanDuel. We were both in the, uh, the Sunday sweat. And um, we had some similar pieces there for sure. We both, uh, you know, we stuck with, uh, with Mike Davis, right? And, um, you know, there's a lot of fantasy goodness in that Carolina game. I saw you played Bridgewater per dollar. He, you know, he was good. But uh, anything, you know, injuries aside, anything that surprised you or, you know, some bad, maybe some bad shock last week or anything that caught your eye immediately? Yeah, it's an interesting week. I mean, I think that Mike Davis is officially, and unless they start jacking his price, way up there with the the Zeeks and the Kamaras. I mean, he's going to be pretty close to a lock button every week. I mean, he's just getting all the carries, all the targets, and he he really is like a CMC light right now. And Mm -hmm. I I, I didn't really know if that was going to happen or if he was going to be able to to produce with that volume, and he is. So he's a, a big win for the running backs don't matter crew for sure. And then yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson also is looking pretty pretty legit from the Carolina side there. So I thought yeah. that was interesting. I also thought, you know, uh, Edward Tolaire was someone that, that I was pretty high on, and he kind of hurt me across the board. And, yeah, just it's tough to to know what to do with him. I mean, the Chiefs obviously had a, a different game script than expected, but yeah. they still put up 30-some points, and he's just – he didn't do much of anything. So. God yeah, forbid the guy ever quite in that elite tear. God forbid he ever scores, right? Like, come on. Right? Like, can't get into the end zone ever. He actually had a, so. a reception touchdown called back on a pick play. I don't know if you saw yeah, that. I cringed I when I saw it in red zone. I'm like, Soft oh. one. 
A very soft, soft questionable. Seemed, seemed very questionable to me. Questionable I mean, call. Questionable maybe, call. Maybe it's because I had him in some of my lineups, but it was questionable. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So he, he was highly owned, and he didn't pan out. You know, one of the highly owned guys. And, you know, if he would have scored, he would have had, like, what, 14 or 15 FanDuel points. You know, you can get by with that. Um, yeah, I guess other than that, you know, the Brandon Cooks bounce back was real. Of course, you know, good old fantasy, go back to the well. Wasn't involved against the Vikings, and this week he was heavily involved. And uh, you had some some Houston stacks that did some damage for the first quarter and a half. You're like, I don't know what the live scoring says, but I can tell you by my math it's not very good. But you know, Deshaun ended up kind of going off, three tutties, 359 through the air, I believe. Cooks had a big game. Will Fuller caught a score, so – Houston Stacks was kind of one of those, uh, you know, high Vegas total games people were targeting, and uh, they they delivered. They delivered. You know, not much to run back on the other side. I had DJ Chark in one of my higher stakes lineup. He got hurt. One of the injuries we'll, we'll talk about. Um, Chenault had an okay game. And if these scores stand, and I, I think they are, I'm just looking at my FanDuel app as we speak, two of the top four Millie teams in the $4 Sunday Million played – some kind of game stack, whether it was one quarterback and one receiver, or there's two of the top four teams that had a quarterback and two of their receivers and didn't run it back with anybody from the other team. That It's rare that that is like a, a, the way to go, but it's it's plausible, I guess. And when you're a team like the Jags, where who knows, you throw a couple injuries in there, where's the ball going, right? How are they going to move the ball? Uh, Robinson was another guy who was heavily heavily owned running back who didn't pan out. Another common theme continues here a lot. You know, Zeke was pretty good, right? But some of these other chalk backs just – it's almost like, you know what, play the chalk QB wide receiver guys like we talked about and maybe get different at the tailback position. So those were kind of my kind of my takeaways. Not exactly hashtag play whoever you want kind of thing, but uh, some very interesting builds uh, in, in, in the Millie. And if this does stand, this guy Chow Main – um, I'm, I'm speaking unofficially here. It's Monday. The app update. It looks like everything's in. He did not have Chase Claypool, who was 0.5% in the milli. So we'll get to the Steelers then too. But I guess that's kind of it for, for uh, you know, big takeaways from from the week for me. I mean, we have a lot to talk about, but those are some of the things now that we've seen the scores and everything, finally. But, yeah, crazy day. Yeah, definitely. I think the – the Brandon Cook's point they made was a was a good one as well. I think it's just a, a type of spot to remember where he's chalked the week before, puts up a literal zero, gets a four hundred dollar price decrease on DraftKings, has arguably a better matchup, and you know you get him at much much lower ownership. I think some of the the higher stakes guys remained on him. It seemed like he was a little higher owned in some of the bigger buying contests on on DraftKings at least. But I think that that's like the classic GPP spot to look to. I wrote him up in my article as well. A little pat myself on the back for that one, but uh, unfortunately didn't didn't necessarily translate into to myself having any big tournament scores. But nice piece there. And again, we we gotta sometimes have a short memory in DFS and. Can't, can't be too quick to, to put people onto the blacklist just for one bad game and got to try and view each, each week on its, on its own and not let any of those personal biases or the guys that, that personally, you know, maybe didn't do the, the, the best for us. Got to let that go sometimes and just 
look at the numbers and, and play those plays. Right. And it's hard to stomach sometimes. And you kind of, in DFS, you like to look at historical trends and historical numbers, but things are different every, every week. Matchups, you know, injuries can change from Thursday to Friday and that changes everything too, right? Like, yeah, it, it's just crazy. Kind of, for example, last, last week, uh, was it, was it Thursday night football, Tom Brady, Tom Brady against the bears. And he was historically really good at soldier field, but things are different, right? Right. You don't have Chris Godwin, you know, the bear, it's just different. Lower Vegas total. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, to get off historical trends, you know, embed it. What do they say? Embedding trend is your friend, right? But DFS is just a different animal. So it's tough to play these guys. It's tough to go back to these guys. You know, for recording Monday, I'm curious to see who goes back to Adam Troutman tonight um, when the Saints play on, on, on prime time, right? So I wouldn't be surprised if he catches a garbage touchdown or something. Everybody's pride and joy a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, it's tough, man, but that's the way to go. That's, that's where the leverage is, is you got to zag when everyone zigs and people are afraid to play the guys who might hurt them again, right? Recency bias and things like that. Anyway, um, last night, Sunday night, we saw Vikings, Seattle – um, Seattle, huge come from a high win. Horrible in the first half. Absolutely horrible against this Mike Zimmer, two deep safety look. And every, that defense looked like the purple people leaders in the first half. We haven't seen Russ in that offense look as flustered as they were to date. Um, second half, tail two halves here, TJ. And Seattle's on a bye, and the Vikings are, are going to take on Atlanta in a high Vegas total game, which is where we're going with this. And I'm sure without looking, without looking at prices, there will be some – uh, some chalk pieces for sure in that game. So what are your thoughts about the Seattle-Minnesota game and kind of looking ahead to the Vikings and the Falcons this week? Yeah, I mean, great great game, first of all. Uh, I think Russ is a beast. DK Metcalf is a beast. Showed them, you know, battling through some adversity there, able to to get that done down the stretch. I mean, I just think Seattle is, is overall a, a good, strong team. Unfortunately, do not have them. On the, the main slate this week, or are they on a bye? I think they might be on a bye, actually. So, yep, Seattle's um, on a bye. Yep, so they're on a bye this week. But as we've said, I feel like every week to now, Russ, Lockett, Metcalf, pick your poison any single week, no matter who they're playing. You know, even in a game where they maybe are struggling for, for a large portion, they, they find a way to get it done eventually. And then on the Minnesota side of the ball, Dalvin Cook, is a injury situation that we're going to monitor. I believe that as of now, the most recent news we have, we were talking about on the show is that he's getting an MRI today to see what that is there. But whether, whether it's him or if he is somehow out this week, then Madison would, would become a great play against Atlanta. I was, I was doing some looking and running backs are, are pretty much eating Atlanta alive every single week. Mike Davis 30 DK points against them this week. Prior to that, Aaron Jones, 22 DK points. Week three was was a little lighter one. It was a bit of a Chicago. David Montgomery and Cohen combined for like 16 points. And then 23 from Zeke in week two and, and 24 from Chris Carson in week one. So only one week have they let up less than 20 points, drafting points against a running back. And I think that Either Cook or Madison will be a, a pretty good option that we're going to want to take a look at here. Uh, I mean, Atlanta just feel like they're one of those teams that, that always gets themselves involved into shootout-type game scripts. Phelan's going to be in play again. He continues to see a ton of volume there on the Minnesota side. I think you can always look at Jefferson there. And then on Atlanta, 
the the Zacchaeus, is that how we say his name? Zacchaeus Chalk was certainly a, a fail this week. I, I still think in cash games it was it was the right move to play him on DraftKings just because of the potential there and the minimum price. But I think that's also prime example as to to why you fade that kind of play in a tournament because you just have no idea. You know, we we basically had one game sample of him doing anything in his entire career. Uh, so, you know, I, I think that, I mean, and Ridley is just looking, continues to look like a monster and someone, I mean, he, he's getting up there now. We don't have his price for this week, but he'll probably be the most expensive wide receiver again, but with good reason. Aside from that zero, he's he's crushing it. Yeah. And like you said, Adam Thielen, wide receiver one is just kind of gashed Seattle. It, it's just, it's it's happened too many times. They don't really ever lock anyone up. I believe their corners kind of play mostly right, left side of the field kind of thing. This isn't the Legion of Boom anymore. There's no Jamal Adams either right now. Um, Adam Thielen has seen at least eight targets in four out of five games now. You know, he had one clunker in there. Everybody's like, oh, I don't know. Here comes Justin Jefferson. And he disappointed a lot of people um, yesterday or over the weekend. I'm sorry if you're playing showdown or, or whatnot. And, you know, this is a Vikings team who they don't want to throw the ball 45 times a game. They want to run the ball, right? And it stinks because we know Dalvin's talent. He's elite, you know. Can he ever make it full through a full season? I don't know. Depending on Madison's price, and I'm sure since the pricing's not out yet, and if there is Cook news, they will adjust it. I don't think it's going to be, like, egregiously high. And I think he's probably going to be good chalk probably depending on I'm just guessing out loud here um especially in PPR and like you said Atlanta gives up a lot of points to backs especially you know pass catching backs and uh, Dalvin Cook is you know heavily involved in this pass game you know for the most part they don't really their target share was so uh, microscopic between Thielen Jefferson and a little bit of Dalvin Cook uh, that uh, you know when Irv Smith was getting in the mix yesterday it's like they had no choice but to find somebody else five targets yesterday for Irv Smith it's only the second time this season he's had more than one in a game. Um, so, you know, whatever back is in this game is going to be featured. I know it goes without saying for Dalvin, but Madison can play. The kick can ball. He, he looked really good in the second half last night. Um, and I was actually quite impressed with how well the Vikings offensive line did play throughout the course of the game. So that was a big takeaway. But, yeah, I mean, this is going to be another game – Atlanta, this whole season is going to be featured in a lot of chalkier games, a lot of chalkier builds. And sometimes you just have to eat the chalk, man. It's not something I love doing, but this is setting up for another another matchup with kind of the same thing. And, you know, I, I'm just if Minnesota is going to keep dropping two safeties over the top and Philly's just going to run a million crossing patterns, is probably going to have 12, 13 targets again against Minnesota this coming week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And we're just taking a step back and looking at the slate as a whole. It's not the not the prettiest slate from a fantasy perspective. Like we have this Atlanta Minnesota game, which is is probably the most fantasy friendly. Maybe Green Bay Tampa as well. And then like Detroit Jacksonville. Like it's definitely not the teams that we're used to to listing as being part of the game stacks. So I think. I think it should be a fun week and interesting and, and I guess the other thing that that we should talk about on the Atlanta side is is Todd Gurley's monster game there I mean he continues to only play about half the snaps 50 55 percent of snaps but 
did some some obviously did some good work on with, with his touches. So I, I still personally don't don't love it just because I I'd prefer to go to the running backs that have more of that workhorse type of role. But I mean he's been he's been getting it done on his you know 14 15 carries getting into the end zone is the big case. So I guess that that's probably the thing with Gurley. So maybe he's more of a of a FanDuel type of play because he, he has that touchdown equity. Like, I, I just don't see a ton of – I know he got over the 100-yard bonus this past week. But, I mean, 121 yards on, on 14 carries obviously is not a sustainable thing. I just don't know if he's getting the ball enough to, to get those 100-yard bonuses. And he did have five targets this week, but – generally speaking has been super involved in the past game so I think that Gurley's a, a nice like FanDuel GPP guy to look at just because he does have the touchdown upside but got to at least give him credit where, where credit's due put up a nice nice game this week yeah I'm with you and and there definitely could be some touchdown uh, regression and these points have not been coming from Matt Ryan lately that's for certain he has one touchdown pass in his last three games now He's only thrown for over 300 yards once this year. Is Matt Ryan hashtag washed, TJ? What's going on with Matt Ryan? And just to piggyback off the girly thing, you know, it's it's hard, you know, to wrap our heads around this new age NFL. And every, it seems like every week there's more and more committees and more and more touches being spread around. We talked about it last week with the Browns and Kareem Hunt. I know there's, what, a couple games that need to be played yet, but Todd Gurley is quietly eighth in the league right now with 79 rushing attempts, which is crazy to think about, right? Not a whopping total. And the guys ahead of him, Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Derrick Henry, you're like, okay, probably, right? Yeah, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Kenyon Drake, still waiting on that big Kenyon Drake game. I saw Freezing Cold Takes Twitter retweeted what he said before the season about, I'm going to win you a fantasy championship. Still waiting on it, Kenyon. I'm, I'm going to keep playing you in these great matchups, and then you're going to pop off against, like, the Ravens or something. I don't know who's on their schedule, but it's going to be one of those. And then there's Todd Gurley. So you're right. He, he is pretty touchdown dependent because he's generally not going to catch those passes. So I do like him on FanDuel uh, more than DK if we have live scoring, that is. And, um, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, hey, honestly, a lot of people were, like, totally bashing Todd Gurley before the season. A lot of people shied away from him in, in annual league drafts, and he's he's been pretty good. So, knock on wood, we know he's having injury history. Uh, we know they like to give the ball to Brian Hill sometimes, which isn't great for anybody except Brian Hill. But, uh, yeah, that, there's going to be a lot of ownership in that game, and uh, without the pricing, it's hard to really you know, dive too deep into it. Could be a good bounce-back spot for Justin Jefferson for sure. Um, but, but yeah, I don't expect the Minnesota defense to play as well as they did against Seattle, I guess. I just, I see a little regression there probably. So those are my thoughts on that one. Yep. Uh, I agree. I think it's one of the, one of the more appealing games of the week for sure. I think another, another interesting one as well as I think we have something to talk about it in, in Cleveland. So Cleveland Pittsburgh's coming up this week. It's a, 51 point total Pittsburgh three and a half point home favorites and I think the the thing that I was paying most attention to in Cleveland this week was the running back situation with with Chubb out and I mean it was pretty much the Kareem Hunt show right I think that the final snap counts ended up being 70 30 in favor of Hunt but I believe that the majority of Dernis Johnson's snaps came 
late in the game when I don't know if Hunt was nursing a, a little bit of an injury or something, but, uh, but yeah, he had 20 carries for 72 yards, four targets, caught three of them, 21 yards and a touchdown. And I mean, I think Kareem Hunt is just a, a talented back. So, and he gets involved in the passing game. So he's someone, I mean, it's, it's interesting this week because we, we don't have Zeke on the slate. We don't have Kamara. We may or may not have Dalvin Cook. So there's not a, a ton of elite running backs to look at. And I think that, that Kareem Hunt is somebody worth paying attention to. Going against Pittsburgh is, is not the ideal matchup, but Miles Sanders was able to put up plenty of, plenty of fantasy points this week. So it's just, I think it'll be a high scoring game. And I think Hunt will get his involvement there. So I think that's a, a good game to target. Obviously, Odell will continue to. To be in play always has that big playability. And then on the Pittsburgh side of the ball, poor Deontay Johnson just just can't can't stay on the field. Uh, if they're getting getting injured and then missing a week and then comes back and pretty much gets injured right off the jump. And then Chris Claypool just has the, the game of the week, like you said, at less than 1% ownership. So we'll continue. Do, do you happen to know what Deontay – Johnson's situation is? Is it like a long-term thing? I don't know. know as of right now, I haven't seen anything confirmed. Um, we'll try to update that throughout the show if we see anything here. But, yeah, you know, one of the other things was, you know, the emergence of Chase Claypool, who had more targets, 11, on Sunday than he did throughout the rest of the season. Taking advantage of that Deontay Johnson injury, you know, Deontay had 23 targets throughout the first two weeks, left the last two games with injuries, um, just to run this down, Eric Ebron saw six. He was second on the – Eric Ebron, five targets week two, seven targets week three, six week five. He didn't play week four. No one played – Pittsburgh didn't play week four. So, you know, he's up there averaging six targets a week the last three weeks. That's kind of – you know, doesn't have a ton to show for it. But that – if you're looking for a tight end bargain with a guy who is getting some looks, and we know he's a big red zone guy, obviously. So, Ebron, interesting. You know, we'll have to monitor Deontay's status. You know, Juju only five targets. Juju's only saw eight targets yeah. once this year. What's up with not? Yeah, I, mean, yeah I, don't, he's, I don't know. He's seen better coverage, I'm sure, but still. Still, right? Like, where's, where's the violence? Yeah, it's, it's very strange to me because, like you said, it was early in the season, it was Deontay Johnson that was getting the majority of the targets. And you would think that, that once he goes down, that, that they would go Juju's way. But instead, Claypool's getting 12 targets. So, uh, it's hard to it's hard to say exactly what's going on there, but it, it doesn't. It seems like Juju is maybe not what we thought he was going to be coming into this season. Yeah, so, it's bizarre. Yeah. And, and listen, even the best receivers get volume when they're seeing good coverage, and they haven't played a ton of good secondaries. Um, yeah, snap wise, Deontay Johnson you know got hurt early, only played six snaps. So just seeing how it was distributed was you know Juju played. 57 snaps, James Washington, 53, and Claypool, 52. So, and James Washington, the kid's super athletic too. So it's almost like a, like a pick your poison kind of thing. They're both going to be heavily involved if Deontay's sidelined. And, and it might be, a, it might be a week where it's like, okay, maybe James Washington might be the GPP guy. I want, you know, maybe I you know, had a decent amount of targets. Obviously they were picking on Claypool's matchup quite a bit. And I'm sure you watched a lot of that game, unfortunately, TJ, for, for you and the birds fans, but you know, if those three guys are going to see a lot of snaps, you know, they run a decent amount of three wide stuff. It, it, 
it might James Washington could be a pump play in a large GPP field. It's interesting to see what they price Claypool at. I really couldn't even give you a number right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I, I really am not sure. I mean, maybe maybe he's like a mid-4K guy, although they have been pretty quick to price up some of these receivers sometimes, jumping them right up to like more of the 5K range. So I, I'm sure that will be a topic of discussion throughout the week. If Deontay Johnson is out, he, he could emerge as a value player that everyone's going to look to. And, I mean, it, it's honestly – it's it's tough to say whether it's – it's good or, or bad chalk because we just don't have a, a ton of a sam- sample size, right? It could be similar to what we saw with the Zacchaeus where he had one big game and then everyone tries to play him and then is pretty much irrelevant out there. But uh, I think Claypool at least has a little bit of a, you know, talent kind of pedigree that he's coming with. So, and then, yeah, I mean, James Conner has just been like kind of average, I guess. Just- it's not like he's been bad, but he, He's not putting up great numbers. He's been fine. He's been fine, but he's not yeah. doing anything special. He's playing, what, like 60% of the snaps. Which is average like. for a back in 2020. Yeah. But, yeah, he's right. just been – I played him in the luxury box. I, You know, a lot of guys in that price range a lot. I thought he'd come in a little under-owned. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know. You're right. He's kind of just been a guy. Like, he's been okay. Like, yeah. it is what I'll, it is. I'll right? get his, like – you know, 18, 20 touches. I don't think he's a bad play by any means, but, no. but I, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't really shown a, a massive ceiling as of yet, but of course he could get a multiple touchdown game and, and, and yeah. reach that ceiling. So I think he's someone worth looking at and seems to continue to go overlooked every week. It, it, I don't see him emerging as, as the chalk guy. So he's someone that we can look to as a, a pivot in tournaments off of the, you know, if, if Madison becomes a thing or, or Dalvin Cook, I'm sure Mike Davis again will be a chalkier option. Right, right. And, you know, football's so variant. He could dump it in twice, you know, uh, from the five-yard line or something. Just It's it, it just – when you can pivot in football at the running back position, it, it's the way to go. And we've seen a lot of data this year now. And um, some of it's by chance where the ball lands inside the five. You know, oh, wow, James Washington tackled at the three damn, here comes James Conner, but plods his way, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, and I'm sure there's opportunities that Edward Hilaire had, like that pick play and some things you don't see in the box score we talked about. So football's a, it's a tough game. It's kind of like MLB DFS. Mike Trout hits the ball four times in the warning track. You don't get anything for it, but he looked good. He looked good, yep. you know? Um, but, yeah, if I'm – you know, that's a good contrarian look. I, I, I'm imagining we'll see a lot of Roethlisberger uh, kind of stacks in that game and, you know, the Steelers' front seven's been so good. You know, four of the five top pressure leaders, I think, or three of the top five with T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, and um, I'm missing somebody. But that's going to be a tough test for this Cleveland line, who's who's looked pretty good so far, for sure. But also worth noting, Baker Mayfield had x-rays on his ribs, and I think he tweeted out, I'm good, mama didn't raise no wuss. But definitely worth monitoring, you know, throughout the rest of the week here. So, uh, high Vegas total there. I know we, we mentioned the Jags and the Lions, TJ, and not your typical household names, especially on the Jags end where you see 54 and a half. Uh, Matt Ryan, the inside Detroit Lions, they love playing inside. They're going to play in the in the swamp in Jacksonville, three and a half point faves as of right now. So I have to look at some stuff. It's just hard to 
to just to, to get into matchups here. The Jaguars have had like 12 to 15 guys on their injury report every every week so far. So I kind of really can't pick out who I like the best until Friday or Saturday when the final reports start rolling in. But I'm curious to see the pricing. Kenny Galladay came back, played a lot. Um, didn't really go crazy in the Saints game. I think that was, you know, he was pretty chalky a couple weeks ago. But you know, he's my first thought in this game. I, I just can't get over not using DeAndre Swift more. I can't get over them bringing A.J. Peterson and giving him the volume. Uh, I guess my first thought is I like Car- I like, excuse me, I like Kenny Galladay, depending on his price. And it really wasn't too high before their bye week, so I can't imagine it being crazy. And, you know, we have to keep a, keep tabs on DJ Chark. Haven't found anything on him yet. He left with an ankle injury. But, obviously, that opens up some things for Chenault, who's probably the biggest volume guy out of their skill guys outside of Robinson, right? I don't know. What are your, it's a tough one. For a 50-plus total, you know, just giving you our Monday thoughts, it's tough to decipher right now. Yeah, it's crazy, right? We got a, 50, we got a 54 and a half total, and we don't really want to play – too many guys. I mean, I, I agree. I think Galladay is, is certainly the the premier football fantasy player in this game. And then, like beyond that, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll monitor DJ Chark's situation. If he if he's playing, I think he's he's certainly a fine play. He's got a ton of upside. And then, yeah, I, I think Chenault would probably be be next in line. Let's see. Taking a look at at their targets from last week on the oh, Jacksonville side. You want to talk about spreading the ball around. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Eight targets for Chenault, seven for Eifert, seven for James Robinson, six for Cole, five for Chark, five for – who's Colin Johnson? I don't even know who that is. Five for Colin Johnson. Man, they're really spreading it out. Even James O'Shaughnessy is getting three targets. And then Chris Thompson, Chris Connolly, three and two each. So, yeah, really spreading the ball out on the Jacksonville side of things makes it difficult to, to be confident in who we're, we're picking and may, you know, limits that ceiling, I guess. You know, if you don't have the offense flowing through one or two guys, it, it's playing a little bit of roulette trying to guess who the ball's going to go to. And then I think that, that Robinson was, was somebody that people were looking at this week. And I think we saw, saw the problem with him is that if they get behind from a game script perspective, that's where Chris Thompson's going to come into play. So in week four, Robinson saw 76% of the snaps, but he was down to 57% last week with, with Thompson playing the remaining 47% as they're, they're trailing from behind in that passing, passing back role. So, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting game. And, like, I not really jump into play either of the quarterbacks either, despite the, the high total here. So I agree. It's tough. Jag spreading the ball out. And like I said, those FanDuel Millie teams, two of the top four, I'm just looking at them. If they stand, the scores haven't changed since our podcast started, so I'm thinking they're probably final. Two of the top four played Houston Stacks and didn't run it back with anybody in the Jags. And really, nobody really ate on the Jags. Um, but, you know, Cooks was cheap. You know, Fuller was affordable. Watson was fairly cheap, all things considered, with all the other guys up top. So not exactly what I – what I do, what I look to do is play in a QB receiver, not running it back. Like you said, limits the ceiling, but there's that small percentage of time where I guess you could do it. Um, Detroit giving up uh, a whopping. Let me ask you this. If you would have guessed without looking, don't look at that screen. How many rushing yards per game are the Lions giving up so far this year? 
How many are they giving up? I'll give you a clue. They're dead last in the league. In terms of they're giving up a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Are they giving Absolutely. up over, over 100? Over 100, yeah. 120? I'm looking over? at this number, and I don't even know if it's real. <laughs> I, like, have to go to another site to make sure. To validate? Yeah. It says a buck 70 right now. Wow. And I, I, I just envision, I just remember Aaron Jones chunking, right? Week right. two or whatever, right. whatever it was. Yeah. I, I have to go back and look at another site. I'll get back to you on that. Make sure it's real. Make sure it's real. But uh, we, I have a feeling we'll, people will be going back to, to Robinson. I, I mean, I will. I mean, I've been kind of picking on Detroit. You know, I played Aaron Jones that week. worked out pretty well. They gave up a lot of explosive run plays, a lot of 10-plus gashers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rob, I think the involvement of him in the oh, pass yeah, game is pretty big, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. M- Mixon, remember Mixon's big game. Mixon. Against, uh, so what's, what, are we going to get some recency yeah. bias with Robinson killing people? Or are people, you know, are they going to see the Detroit matchup? And, you know, is he going to be the Galladay correlation maybe? I mean, I, I'll be interested. I want to see his price. Let's go DFS sites. Let's get that pricing out. I want to see what's going on. But, uh, but yeah, so maybe, maybe he's the play. Maybe he's the play. Um, I'll get back to you if that number is fictional or not. But um, let, let's move on here. Like you said, a lot of, a lot of strange games here. A um, couple games we don't have Vegas totals on because with COVID and everything. Titans-Texans is at one. Broncos-Pats doesn't have a total. Uh, you know, we could, we could talk about them a little bit, but uh, we'll see here. How about – and it might, you know, might pain you a little bit, but Ravens-Eagles, 46.5 total. Eagles are seven and a half point dogs as of right now. Uh, Lamar looked good last week. You know, he looked like Lamar again. You know, pr- pretty much coasted the whole game, though. The defense was really good. Baltimore's D broke the slate, both sites. Uh, we don't really see a team put up, tw- defensive team put up 25 plus fantasy points on the reg. So, yeah, if you didn't have them, you might have been swimming upstream here or there. So, all right, I'll give you the floor, Philly guy. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I. I think the Eagles will have a tough time with Baltimore for sure. And I mean, it's just just outside of Miles Sanders, there's not, and I mean, Ertz is still there, but Fulgham just all of a sudden is going to be the guy that we have to get the ball to. It's just, it's a desperate state of affairs in terms of the receiving corps in Philadelphia right now. Now maybe, maybe Deshaun Jackson comes back soon, but Maybe he'll come back for five minutes and then get hurt again. <laughs> Maybe Alshon Jeffrey will come back and, and probably not be all that impactful as well. So I, I'm not going to have a ton of interest in my Philadelphia Eagles against this Baltimore defense. And then on the Baltimore side of things, I mean, I think something to keep an eye on is that Lamar has not been – we're seeing a downtrend in the amount that he's running the ball. And I don't know if that is intentional or just happens to be the way these games are playing out. But the last three weeks, his rush attempts have gone from nine to seven to two last week. Two rushing attempts. I mean, I'd have to guess that he's never – that's probably the fewest he's ever had. I mean, I'm, I'm looking – I've got some game logs up here from, from last year and – more often than not, he was running the ball over 10 times a game. So that's something to, to keep an eye on because his price continues to be the most expensive quarterback on the slate. And, and the reason for that is 
that he's running the ball, that we're used to him running the ball and having that, that rushing equity. I mean, sometimes when you, when you're playing him last year, you're hopeful that you get the hundred yard rushing bonus. And now he's going out and only rushing the ball two times in a game where they score 27 points. So thought that that stood out to me and that, but then I think, I think the other thing is that Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews are, are pretty much in tournament contention every single week. I mean, the upside is just there when they, when they score touchdowns, it's, it's typically those guys when it's not Lamar on the ground. So I, I like Hollywood for sure in this matchup. Probably like Andrews as well. Again, we don't have pricing. Hollywood seems to always be right in that mid-range. Uh, I'm sure he'll be right around there again. But uh, not not a ton of love for, for the game overall just because it's tough to stack if the, if the Eagles aren't going to be able to hang. But, yeah, let's keep an eye on, on Lamar and his rushing going forward because I don't think I want to pay top dollar for him if he's not going to be getting it on the ground. No, I, I, you made a lot of good points there. We're looking for quarterbacks that are rushing side. They just seem to be in a bunch of GPP winners this year. Uh, first of all, I, I can confirm that in four games, the Lions have given up 681 rushing yards, which comes out to about a little over buck seventy per game. So multiple sources have said so. So I'll be interested in Robinson this week unless the price is absurd. So yeah. that, that might be the place to attack Detroit. I mean, you can, you can make a case like for, for the ball going anywhere. Um, but for Lamar, you know, shame on me for not really sitting down and, and watching every Ravens game. But just a couple things that come to mind is he didn't practice a lot this week. How hurt maybe is he, you know? Like he had that injury designation. RG3 was taking a lot of snaps. I don't know. Maybe he's been battling something all year that we just don't know about. Oftentimes, you know, some guys go through a full season there, you know, you look on Twitter, so-and-so had surgery to repair whatever he was dealing with for the whole year. It's possible. Also possible teams are just containing him differently. Um, You know, we saw the Titans do it to them in the playoffs, uh, kind of really limited him uh, for the most part. And, you know, he's a big part of that team. And, this maybe the scripted run plays just aren't as effective as they were. You have a full year of tape on them. I mean, defenses adjust, and I'm just thinking the first guy that comes to my mind, of course, he had a horrible injury and, and stuff, but when RG3 first came in the league, we were like, man, here we go. Um, but teams seem to catch on. It's a smart league. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. If he's only going to run the ball three or four times a game, you know, that price has his rushing upside built into it. You know, he gets 60, 70 yards on FanDuel. That's huge with it being such a TD scoring site. So make a lot of good points. I'm with you. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to throw for 300 yards 75% of the time. He, he's, he's, he is the – he's playing chess while the league's playing checkers. And Mark Roman's done a great job with that offense. But if he's limited moving forward, he's going to have his work cut out for him, I would assume. Obviously, they roll past Cincinnati. No problems there. They have three good running backs, which is a disaster for us and the industry. It's almost um, it's almost unplayable. You can't really play these guys other than throwing a dart out there and Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins, who I think is exceptional and, and will be really good when, when Ingram goes somewhere else next year. And, of course, Gus Edwards was pretty good too. So that's interesting. Um, and, yeah, the, the target share is so condensed with Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews. And, and Lamar's not been very good throwing the ball deep either. He missed Marquise on a couple of deep ones the previous week, and a lot of people were talking about it. Um, and even on the Chiefs primetime game where they got slaughtered, he, he had Brown on a couple of deep passes. 
the targets are there, though, right? And it's basically them. I don't even know why Miles Boykin's on the field. He doesn't even look at him. He's just, he's just a placeholder out there. He's like a pawn on the chessboard. He just doesn't do anything. And Boykin's super talented. He has you know, physical skills. And um, I really wish they'd use him more. I, I mean, God, two targets, four targets, two targets. Last three weeks for Miles Boykin. Kid's awesome. Um, Marquise Brown, 10 targets this week, eight targets week four. Six targets in all the other weeks. That's pretty good volume, right? So I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I wish Miles Boykin would be more involved instead of kind of just being a guy that lines up at the line of scrimmage. But it doesn't look like much is going to change there. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. I think it's Hollywood's definitely my favorite there. Uh, he, he's getting the volume, like you said, and, and of course, always has that that big playoff side and. It's an interesting slate overall because we've been talking every week about these high-end quarterbacks that, that have that rushing upside in addition to being able to throw the ball. And most of them just aren't, aren't on this slate, yeah. right? We, we don't have Russ. We don't have Kyler. We don't have Dak, obviously. I mean, we, we didn't touch on that yet, but thoughts go out to Dak. I mean, you, you hate to hate to see that no matter what, obviously. And, and that's, that's just a very unfortunate situation. So hope, hopefully he is able to recover and, and continue on from there. But, yeah, no Dak, no Josh Allen, no Patrick Mahomes. So uh, that, that's kind of all the, the premier quarterbacks that we're, we're tending to look at here. We, we do have Aaron Rodgers in the Tampa game, which is another one that, that has one of the, the higher totals on the board. So. It could be, could be a week where Rodgers ends up being the, the kind of top end quarterback that people are looking at. But yeah, just find just find that interesting. Like, are people going to want to go back to Lamar Jackson since all those other options that we're typically looking at aren't there this week? Uh, I'm not sure. I think people may continue to be gun shy with uh, just because he hasn't quite produced this week. So, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe he is healthy. Uh, I don't know, but. And there hasn't been many games where he's had to run, I guess, right? They kind of cruise yeah, past Cincinnati. Right? I mean, they're you – know, maybe, maybe it's a conversation is. of like, hey, if we don't need you to run, then you should not be running in these games where we're blowing out a team so that they don't risk any injury. I mean, that, that, would, that would just be smart. So it's probably some combination of that. And like you said, the defense is figuring it out and forcing him to throw the ball. I mean, he, what, he threw the ball 37 times and only completed – 21 passes so it's not good that's not great <laughs> it's, it's funny looking I'd, at this i'd rather deal with that than than watch him run up and down the field for 100 yards definitely that's the blueprint if there is one you know uh, just looking at the snap snap uh, averages hollywood's averaging 44 and a half that leads the leads the wide receivers and tight ends mark andrews 40 miles boykin is at 40 and willie sneeze at 39 um, and, you know, Boykin and Snead aren't on the field to block either. So it just blows my mind that I know maybe they aren't at the caliber of Brown or, or Andrews, but, you know, teams are, are cover, like there's a lot to worry about on Baltimore and Lamar, but if he's not going to run and he's not looking like, you know, if, if he's just not running and you have Andrews and Brown, like how do – I just don't know how Boykin and Snead don't get involved. It's One of these days, Snead will have his, like, six for 40 and two touchdown game, one of these one of these slates, right? Classic Willie Snead. He'll probably be in a primetime slate, too, because that's where he always becomes relevant. And then he'll just right off into the sunset again for the rest of the year. But 
Yeah, so that's it for the Ravens. Um, we'll start to wrap things up here. A couple other games that you know, we're not going to spend a ton of time on. Panthers um, are going to host the Bears, 44 Vegas total. Um, the Bears were, are pretty good against receivers this year. I think the first touchdown of the year they gave up to wide receivers was last week against Tom Brady. So could be kind of a slow game. You know, Mike Davis still in play. Are you interested in Montgomery at all on the other side? You know, attacking this Panthers front seven? Yeah, I was looking at Montgomery because he – we talk about the lack of workhorse running backs, but he, he kind of has that role, right? He, I was taking a look. He played 80% of the snaps. But, I mean, 10 carries for 29 yards. And he did get in the end zone. But then he also had eight targets. But, again, seven catches for 30 yards. So – He's getting the volume. He just hasn't, at least so far, done a ton with that. But maybe this is the week where going against the Carolina defense that, that hasn't had a ton of success. We obviously just talked about Todd Gurley running all over them this past week. So I, I, do, have, I do have a little bit of interest in Montgomery. And I think that the eight targets is what, what kind of does it for me because he's not typically someone that we think of as, as a pass catching type of back. Alan Robinson had 17 targets this week. Is that correct? Wide receiver one. That's right. I almost forgot about that because it was Thursday. That's that's, I was on Thursday, but wow. I just pulled that up. Yeah. So, I mean, that's yeah. 17 targets for Alan Robinson, eight for David Montgomery. It seems like, the Chicago offense is basically flowing through the two of those guys. But yeah, like you said, I mean, Chicago has a solid defense. Don't we've been talking about Carolina being a team that, that gets themselves into shootouts, but this may be one of those matchups where that doesn't quite happen just because of the bears. D. Agreed. Their strengths kind of play into Chicago strengths there. It seems like looking across the board. But, yeah, 17 targets, you know, Nick Foles. <laughs> I don't know. How, I mean, he played poorly and still beat Tom he Brady. He did look bad. He looked pretty bad. He, still, he, he still bad. beat Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, being blunt, he, he did not look good. So, yeah, another game, uh, lower total, Colts seven-and-a-half point faves against Cincinnati. The Bengals got absolutely obliterated by Lamar and company. Uh, we talked about Colts defense has been stingy, pretty good. Uh, some people were suggesting maybe they're not as good as, as the statistics were showing over the first couple of weeks. I think they're formidable. They're at home since he's young. AJ Green is completely washed, and he got hurt, I believe, too. Um, hope he's all right. Sorry for calling you washed and you got hurt. Um, but we knew this was Tyler Boyd's team to begin with, and, and Joe Mixon, you know, the skill guys. Could be a Jonathan Taylor week. Jonathan Taylor could definitely carry some ownership. Bengals are giving up uh, over 150 yards a game on the ground. Jonathan Taylor is ninth in the league and carries right now. And one of the few quote unquote, you know, workhorses or lack thereof, whatever you want to call it. So uh, I like the spot for Taylor, you know, at home against the Bengals, Geno Atkins has been hurt all year. Um, so I think he's going to be in play. He'll probably, you know, without a lot of these studs, depending on his price, he'll probably carry decent ownership, I would say. So I think Jonathan Taylor's in play. Phil Rivers looked really bad last week. T.Y. Hilton still hasn't had it. Like, they just can't get it together. So, I'm a little surprised they haven't been at least above average, right? Like, T.Y. is fairly healthy. It's just not 
been working out for those two. You have any quick hits from that game coming up? Yeah, I mean, I, I do have some interest in Taylor. Like you said, the, the backfield's been pretty sl- split between Taylor and Hines. It's been, it's been a little all over the place, but I think there there's some upside for Taylor there just in that matchup. But yeah, Indy, like, is, is Philip Rivers kind of washed now, too? Like, I think some of these, I think some of these quarterbacks that, that have been around for a while maybe just, just don't quite have it anymore. And, and they're, they're on their last, last legs here. So, yeah, that, that's what's, that's what makes this week interesting is that there's very few quarterbacks that you want to play, which then makes it hard to, to figure out what games you want to stack. So, I think I think it's going to be a a different week and an interesting one. It'll could I wouldn't be surprised if we see it like be like a lower scoring week. You know, scores that are winning GPPs maybe not as as high as we've seen in recent memory, just because the scoring may be down across the board. And, and also, it's just at least at this first look, there's not a ton of plays where. It jumps out as like, oh yeah, here's here's a slam dunk spot. You know, we've got Zeke at home against the Giants, like we had last week, or we've got you know Kamara in a spot. Like we don't we don't have those guys on this slate. So right. good week to to make sure we do our extra digging and and find some of these unique spots and and take some of these lower end plays and play them Agreed. in our in our tournaments. Agreed. Agreed. The football team will take on the Giants. Forty three total right now. Cool to see Alex Smith on the field. I guess we don't really know what's who's going to play next week. Right now with Kyle Allen getting hurt, I don't know his status. I think it's still up in the air as far as I know. Uh, on the flip side, you know, Danny Jones has been, I don't know, just a guy. Uh, you know, Slayton's getting a ton of targets. Ingram yeah. hasn't done anything. Like Eventually he's going to do something. Um, you know, Freeman's been okay. So, like, I could see a couple Giants one-offs. You know, maybe, you know, I don't know. I don't know what we're going to get out of Alex Smith either, right? He just got hit for the first time last week. You know, what, what's, what's the deal with Terry? Is he going to get targets? Is Smith just going to check down if he plays? Is Kyle Allen going to play? I don't know. It's Monday. It's, it's tough to really say in that game. I mean, I'm not going to have a ton of pieces from that game anyway, but, you know, anything from that one? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an ugly game overall. I think, if anything, the pieces, Slayton, as you mentioned. And then, yeah, we'll have to keep, keep an eye on Terry. It's, that's probably the, the biggest – the most upsetting thing about, about Haskins getting benched is that he was just chucking it to Terry and or just giving it to Terry and letting him run with it. But saw his targets good. He only had three catches this past week, so it's going to yeah. be it's just tough for him to get the ball. Probably just mostly a pass in that game, maybe, maybe some Slee and maybe some McLaren. But other than that, I think the the Logan Thomas thing, I think we can say is officially done, which is – sigh of relief because that was a trap play for for a while there but i don't (laughs) think we can even we're not even tempted by that anymore titans texans you know they're the titans are supposedly going to play tuesday broncos pats a lot of uh moving pieces with those games we don't know a ton you know a lot of things could change in those with covid situation things like that so we'll let the rest of the roto grinders team kind of keep you up to date on those games throughout the week there's plenty Plenty of information at Roto Grinders, guys. Get over there. A lot of free stuff, but even greater premium stuff. Podcasts, live shows, great articles. You know, TJ Rake's a great article. GBP articles, core plays. The optimizer's great with lineup tags. 
it's just accessible information, the premium data usage app that shows you snaps and ADA and targets. Get out there. Uh, the team will keep you updated throughout the rest of the week. Love the Roto-Grinders team we have here. So before we get out of here, let's let's talk about the Packers-Bucks. That's the other uh, probably game that will carry some significant ownership. Um, the Jets and Dolphins play at four. Kudos to the Finns going all the way out there and laying the hammer. Now, Garoppolo did not look good. Just had to throw it in. That did not look good. But the Dolphins are eight-point favorites at home against Adam Gase and the Jets. I, I don't know what what's going to – like who I can – I don't know. Outside of Jay Crowder – uh, Fitzpatrick revenge game. Uh, I mean, he's a revenge game against half the league at this point, right? He's played for everybody. Um, you know, maybe, maybe some like Devontae Parker. I don't know. I, there will be a piece in that game that is probably in a really good lineup. I just can't mentally wrap my head around the Dolphins being an eight-point favorite right now at all. So uh, any quick thoughts in that game and then talk to me about Aaron Rodgers versus the go himself, Tom Brady. Crazy to see the Dolphins at <laughs> such a big favorite, but I think it says more about the Jets than it does about the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I mean, Gaskin's been decent, right? So, I mean, maybe he's someone that, that you take a look at there. Not Certainly not a household name that we're used to clicking, but I think you can, you can take some pieces there. And, yeah, I mean, on the Jets' side, I, I don't think there's, there's much to write home about. I think that Jeff Smith guy had a bunch of targets again and played every snap, but didn't do anything production wise. So not a, a ton of interest on that side. I, yeah, I would say Gaskin, if anything, is someone to take a look at depending on what, what pricing looks like when it comes out. Yeah. Gaskin's been surprised. You know, one of the surprises of the league, you pay Jordan Howard, $10 million to come do nothing. You bring in Matt Burita to do nothing. Yeah, teams yeah. are doing that a lot. Like, not across the league. It's it's kind of wacky. Sometimes. We need to pay ten million dollars to make sure no one has over sixty percent of the snaps in the backfield this year, boys. Yeah. Go get them. <laughs> Go get them. Like, I don't understand. But yeah, so this four o'clock, you know, national TV game, Packers Bucks. Uh, Chris Godwin, as far as I know, not available. Right. Um, Mike Evans quietly at least eight targets in three of the last four weeks. He had that one crazy game where he had two catches for two yards and two scores, but Brady doesn't really have a choice but to get him the football. Gronk at least six targets in two of the past three weeks now. Um, Cameron Brady came in at six targets last week. Ronald Jones has been heavily involved in the passing game, right? Um, so that's that's good to see. So those are going to be some guys to target. And we talked about it. Like, there's some very competitive individual matchups between both teams' receivers and the corners because uh, I don't really think either defense is bad but they're not necessarily good, in my opinion. So it's going to be very interesting, I think. You know, Tampa Bay at home, Green Bay coming south. Um, No Devontae Adams as of now, correct? So we're going to see Aaron with a a limited cast again. Aaron Jones is a volume guy. He's heavily involved in the pass game, too. Tampa's really good against the run. So what are your thoughts on that matchup? Let's start there. Aaron Jones against that Tampa run. I mean, what is is, is he going to – be under owned because of that matchup do you think yeah I, I could definitely see that being the case and and I think also you know there, there's also a Jamal Williams factor in play there right like he, he's still getting it's almost a, a 50-50 split some weeks snap wise between the two and 
Jamal Williams seems to get himself involved in the passing game. I know that they were on five this this past week, but in week four, Williams had eight targets. Jones also had five. So I think Jones is in, in play, though. I mean, he, he just, as he showed, he has crazy upside, even if he's not playing 80, 90% of snaps. He can still do plenty, and they'll, they'll certainly get him the ball when he's out there. So uh, I think that Jones is someone that we can take a look at. But, yeah, my guess is that he won't be the, the chalkiest running back. He'll probably be one of the more expensive ones. And uh, I think people will favor more of, like, the Dalvin Cook if he's, if he's back and playing. And then, yeah, in terms of the Green Bay passing game, without Adams, it's a little bit of a guessing game. I mean, I think I'm curious to see what Tanyan's price is going to be because he had that monster game last time out that was not on the main slate. And yeah, yeah I mean, we, we don't have, we don't have some of the premier tight ends again this week. Right. Agreed. Like we don't have Kelsey, we don't have Kittle. So <laughs> tight ends going to be ugly. I think I'm curious. I don't think it. we've talked about any tight ends actually. Now that we're think like, I feel like we haven't talked about a single tight end today. That, I think you're right. I just said Evan Ingram was bad. That was it, I think. So it was nothing <laughs> yeah, positive. And I said Logan Thomas is bad, so. so that's two bads. That's two bads and maybe an overpriced Tanyan, right? We'll see, we'll see yeah. what happens. But I, I think, you know, anybody has a peg up from Atlanta's defense. So I want to see what Aaron Rodgers could do against, against the Bucks of a formidable defense. Atlanta's atrocious. So he's going to go out there with Shepard and, and MVS and Tanyan against a stout run D. <laughs> I, 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 I want to see it. I'm a big Aaron Rodgers guy. I want to see it. I just, I don't know. It's hard for me, depending on price. I don't, I don't know if I'm going to go there. I don't know. Um, I guess it's, it's definitely worth monitoring for sure. Keyshawn Vaughn got hurt and he fumbled. So on my season long team where I had to start him in my 16 team league, which, which shows you how decimated I am at a nice negative point, negative, <laughs> negative point going into the, in going into the week. Gotta love that on a Thursday. And you're like tilting after Thursday in your annual league. Um, and we did see last week that Fournette just suited up and he was just kind of uh, there in case of emergency. And this is the guy who came in week two and out touched Ronald Jones. So that that's, man, I don't trust Bruce Arians. I don't trust him for, from a fantasy perspective. He's like the 2020 Mike Shanahan, like, I don't know. I, I, I like Rojo, but we'll have to see. If, if they say Fournette's healthy, I, I'd be a little suspect, but definitely worth monitoring, I think. Yeah, I agree. I mean, ideally, Fournette is not really involved, and then I think, I think Jones is very much in play. He was getting, getting a ton of the snaps last time out. He was also involved in the passing game. So, But, yeah, if, if Fournette's back in the picture, though, then you just have – Yet another committee that's just going to be tough to gauge. You're so, right, and I'm, I'm just looking at this slate before we get out of here, and there just aren't a lot of good tight ends on it either. So Hawkinson's back against the Jags. You, know, you have Hayden Hurst in a high total game. Kyle Rudolph doesn't run routes anymore. You got three million tight ends in Indy with Mo Ali Cox and Doyle and whatever. But Tyler Eifert's actually getting some targets in Jacksonville. And we talked about Mark Andrews, who's always in play. Um, I have to ask you, what's up with Zach Ertz? People are bashing him on Twitter. Is he showing bad body language out there? Like, I know there's, they didn't want to bring him back, right? There was some friction with the front office. I think we talked about that a few weeks ago, but what's up with Ertz? Because he's one of the bigger household names on this slate. 
Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure what. I think he's probably just frustrated between, yeah, not not getting the, not getting paid the way he wants to. Yeah. Obviously, I think you can read into that that they've got Goddard, and so maybe they're viewing Goddard as as more of their tight end of the future, and so for that reason, they don't want to commit themselves to Ertz. And I mean, it's frustrating to watch the Eagles, so it's got to be frustrating to play on the Eagles too, which is probably <laughs> a factor there. But I mean, yeah, even last week, like he just wasn't. He had one, one, one catch. Yep, that's it. That's it. Only and five he's targets. Tough like, matchup this week too. Um, yeah. So it's man, tight end really is ugly this week. Very ugly. If I play Chris Herndon again. Come to my house. I need an intervention. Like, do not – if I send you my lineup after lock of what I'm playing, it has Chris Herndon in it, call 911. I don't know. Just, like, I'm going to need help. I, I will not play Chris Herndon in a great matchup against the Dolphins. I will not do it. I will not do it. I'm like Bart Simpson writing on that chalkboard in the beginning of the, of the, Simpsons, of the Simpsons. I oh, And I love playing Chris Herndon, right? Just I've get sucked there. in on a week with no tight ends, TJ. Can you play them? It's it's gonna have to be a pay down week, just because I don't. Yeah, you're right. Tanya's gonna be like way overpriced. Maybe OJ Howard. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We'll see. Oh no, wait, he's done. He's not easy. No, he's out. He's God, hurt. you gotta play Gronk. If you gotta play oh, I forgot OJ Howard's done for a second. I know. It's OJ Howard. Really ugly. It, it's it's gonna be bad. <laughs> Anyway, guys, check out Roto Grinders. My partner here, my man TJ Lasig. Where can they find you on Twitter? Find me on Twitter at TJL5124 DFS. Be coming out with the DraftKings GPP article again later this week. Had actually had some pretty good picks last week. We had yeah, Zeke nice in one. there. We had Brandon Cooks. We had Calvin Ridley. We had Travis Kelsey. We did have Deontay Johnson. You built like 80% of the GPP winning lineup with that article. I know. If I would have just put together the other pieces, could have been there. <laughs> Hopefully one of you out there used that to build the winner and then have now found out that, that you won. On <laughs> Finally on Monday night, your score is updated. <laughs> but you know, great work as usual. Thank you. Check out TJ over there on Twitter, Roto Grinders. Hit me up on Twitter too, at the J Carlucci. Got any questions, any input? Give us a like, give us give us some feedback, subscribe. We're here to help you out. Give us our takes throughout the crazy 2020 NFL season. So for TJ Lasig, I am Justin Carlucci. Have a good week and good luck.